This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. When I think of uh, the text we're going to look at today, <coughs> I think of something a little bit strange. I think of Johnny Cash. Um, <coughs> you may know the song, um, What is Truth? Um, he talks about seeing all the, all the youth of the, of the day in, in the 1960s culture uh, of, of, of pondering those big questions and wanting to know what is truth. And he sings, the lonely voice of youth cries, what is truth? That is a, a question that uh, is in the mouth of Pilate as we look in John chapter 18 this morning. Um, what is truth. I think this song, or this, this uh, passage we're going to look at today, John chapter 18, and beginning in verse, um, um, sorry, verse 28, um, it centers around that, that question in many ways. Um, what is truth? Um, you have Jesus being brought to Pilate and being questioned by him, and you have those who are bringing Jesus to Pilate uh, are duplicitous. Um, they're, they're doing it, uh, some, some would say at night, whenever a, a trial at night is, uh, is illegal, and they, they, um, uh, they, they want to uh, keep themselves ceremonially clean by not entering Pilate's house, yet they're bringing an innocent man to be sentenced to death. I mean, there's, there's this suppressing of truth that you see in them. And then you see Jesus having this conversation with Pilate in which Pilate is asking, are, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus says, well, you said I am. <laughs> And Jesus, he, he, he says that all those who are of the truth hear his voice. And Pilate just responds with this, well, what is truth? Is he, is he throwing up his hands saying, well, I don't know what, what truth is. Truth is inaccessible. What does he mean by what is truth? It's a question that... Uh, has been asked by the philosophers of old. It's been asked um, by those who, who want to know what meaning in life is, what is truth. Let's go ahead and read our text um, from John chapter 18, beginning in verse 28. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, if this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. 
The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters and called Jesus and said to them, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to them, said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born. For this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at at Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you have spoken to us. Lord, that uh, your word is trustworthy and reliable. It is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes to see glorious things in your word and give us ears to hear. And Lord, I pray that you'd give me grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I haven't been with you through the whole book of John, uh, but I've been preaching through the book of John myself. Um, you, you had Jesus being arrested in the garden. You had him being taken to the house of Caiaphas um, and being, well, being questioned before the high priests. And then you have him taken from there to the Praetorian or or the home of of Pilate. Um, Pilate, uh, of course, he he was the the Roman governor and his home would normally have been up in Caesarea. But uh, at the times of of the feasts, at the times uh, whenever there were things going on and a lot of people traveling to Jerusalem, he would come there to try to keep down any kind of rebellions that would come up, keep down any kind of uh, 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 trouble that might come about. And so Pilate was there in Jerusalem. They brought Jesus to Pilate to be questioned. And it says... That they themselves did not enter the governor's quarters so that they would not be defiled but could eat the Passover. As I said before, these words are are kind of showing the duplicity within these Jewish leaders. These Jewish leaders, maybe from the Sanhedrin, from uh, from among the, 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 uh, the Jewish leaders... 
They were bringing Jesus, this righteous man, this man who, had, who they had seen heal the blind. This man who they had seen raise the dead. This man who they knew had done nothing, but it was politically expedient to get him out of the way. They were bringing him so that they could achieve a sentence of death. And yet they were concerned about keeping their hands clean. They were concerned about not making themselves ceremonially unclean. It reminds me of the prophets who, who, who when, when uh, particularly I think in Isaiah, maybe around chapter one or so, you've got uh, God telling Israel, you know, I, I don't want any of your sacrifices. I don't want any of they, those kinds of things. They just make me sick because your hands are full of blood. They're hypocritical. They're, 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 one, they're concerned about holiness on the outside when their hearts are, are raging with wickedness and evil. And how often we can be that way. We can be concerned about how it looks to people. We can be concerned about our reputation before other human beings. When in our hearts... We can be holding grudges. We can be having lustful thoughts. We can do all kinds of things in our hearts that nobody knows about on the, ins- on the outside. And we can be more concerned about what other people think. About being able to, to participate in religious observances rather than the true condition of our hearts. They were suppressing the truth. Romans, uh, we've been in Romans this morning, Romans chapter 1 tells us that uh, although they knew God, they suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. And that is the condition of all human beings apart from Jesus. We are born... With the knowledge of God, Romans 1 tells us. We're born knowing that. And yet, because it's inconvenient for us, because if God is true, if He is real, then we are accountable to Him. We will stand before Him in judgment someday. So we suppress the truth in unrighteousness. We, we push it down. We don't want to deal with that fact. Some claim to be atheists. But you don't even have to claim to be an atheist because we all do it. Every time we sin, we suppress the truth that God is watching us. He sees everything that we do. And that's what these Jewish leaders were doing when they brought Jesus to Pilate. So Pilate... The Jewish leaders wouldn't go in Pilate's house. And so Pilate has this, he's he's going inside to investigate Jesus and he's going back outside to question the 
the high priests and, and everybody. So he goes outside to them and he asks, what accusation do you bring against this man? Now, if they were going to be bringing Jesus to him at this time in the morning, they, they probably realized that he would have known they were coming. You know, they had to have some kind of permission from Pilate to take this band of soldiers into the garden to arrest Jesus in the first place. It's not like they just came out of nowhere. Pilate probably would have known something about it, but instead maybe he's kind of prodding these Jewish leaders and saying, what are the charges? What has this man done? What accusation do you bring? They answered, well, if this man were not doing anything evil, we wouldn't have delivered him over to you. So they're assuming he already knows. They're bringing him because they, he, he's done something evil. We, we don't, they don't, they're, so, they're continuing to suppress the truth, aren't they? They don't want to have to even say what the charges are. Oh, just, just take our word for it. We're bringing him to you. Of course he's bad. Of course he's done something evil. And Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. He'd already been judged by the Jews' law. At least in their twisted way. But they wanted to do something that they weren't legally able to do. They had to have the Romans to put someone to death. And that's what they wanted to do with Jesus. It was a trumped up charge. They wanted to put him to death. They didn't have the ability to do that. So they brought him before Pilate in order to get what they wanted. And in order to get Jesus out of the way. And then it says, this was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show what kind of death he was going to die. And we might think back to earlier, where did Jesus in the Gospel of John talk about what manner of death he was going to die? You have in John chapter 3, and I think again in John chapter 12, where Jesus talks about how the Son of Man must be lifted up. In John chapter 3, it's even as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up so that all who look to Him will be saved. If Jesus was going to be killed by the Romans, the method of death that the Romans would use for execution was crucifixion. And so whenever the, the Jews are telling Pilate, we're bringing him to you because we don't have the authority to put someone to death, that is indicating, that's pointing back to what Jesus said about what kind of death he was going to die. He was going to be lifted up. He was going to be crucified. And so Pilate, he leaves the Jews and he goes back inside of his headquarters. And again, he called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Once again, 
that wasn't in what the what we read here in John that the the Jews had told Pilate. That wasn't the charge that they had said. But there there must have been more there than what we read here in these pages. He asked, "Are you the King of the Jews?" That would have been treasonous, right? It would have been a, a, a charge, you know, the, the, the Jews in, in the next chapter shout out, you know, if, if anybody who makes himself king is not a friend of Caesar. Pilate asks, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus, he can't just give a yes or no answer, can he? Because if he just says yes on the face of it, Pilate will misunderstand him. He'll think, well, this guy is a political upriser. If he just says no, then he'll also misunderstand. Because Jesus does have a kingdom. And so, he's asking Pilate this next question to, to understand where Pilate's coming from. Pilate, he asked Pilate, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Pilate is frustrated by that question. He's probably insulted by the question. And he says, am I a Jew? Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? So basically, I think Pilate's answer is, of course, I didn't say this on my own. I didn't say this on my own. It's your people who brought you to me, who delivered you over to me. That word delivered you over to me is the same word that's used about uh, um, Judas in betrayal. It's your own people who betrayed you to me, Pilate says. So what have you done? You've had to do something. In a way, Pilate is wanting to dig and prod and get to the truth. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from this world. Like I said, Jesus couldn't just give a yes or no answer. Because yes, he is a king, but he's not the kind of king that would be any problem for Pilate, for Caesar, at least at that time. No, eventually the whole empire gets turned over. But not in the current circumstances. There's no threat of insurrection or anything coming from Jesus. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting. We think back into the garden when the the, uh, soldiers came to arrest Jesus. Even Peter, he picks up a sword and cuts off somebody's ear. And Jesus says, stop, Peter, don't do that. He fixes the ear. 
What Peter did would have been the right thing if Jesus' kingdom were of this world. But Jesus told Peter, no, put away your sword. My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus is king. Both there as he was facing trial before Pilate, he was king. He was king of kings standing there before Pilate. And he is king today. He is reigning over Donald Trump. He is reigning over every government in the world. He is reigning over Kim Jong-il. He is reigning over every king in the universe. But his kingdom, Jesus says, is not of this world. He has a kingdom that was inbreaking into the world. And citizens of his kingdom were those who have faith in him. We as believers are citizens of another kingdom and we live in this world as resident aliens. Our loyalty is to our king, our Lord. Above all earthly powers. Pilate says, so then you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. Some have uh, paraphrased that king was your word, not mine. (laughs) I don't know if that's necessarily the right way. I think maybe... Whenever he says, you've said it, he's basically saying, you're right. I am a king. You've said it in your own words. Jesus says, for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world. You know, this is the only time in the Gospel of John that Jesus' birth is mentioned. We have in in Matthew, we have... The story of, of um, the angel coming to Joseph and telling him that, that uh, Mary would be with child and not to, not to worry, but to take her as his wife. You have in Luke the, the story that we're all familiar with where they, they go to Bethlehem and Jesus is born and, and you have the, the, the uh, cattle and the shepherds come and, and all of that that we think about at Christmas time. And then Mark, you know, it just kind of just jumps right in there at the time of Jesus' um, beginning of his earthly ministry. In John, it's at his trial before Pilate is the only place that you read of Jesus' birth. He says, for this reason I was born. He was born to be a king. And it's for this reason I have come into the world. And with those words, we have come into the world, we think back to the first chapter of the Gospel of John. Where it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and everything that was made through was made through Him. And in, the, in verse 14, and the Word was made, and the Word became 
flesh and dwelt among us. We think back to what we've already seen in the Gospel of John when we think of what Jesus is saying here. And for this purpose I have come into the world. He's again claiming here he is pre-existent. That he has existed before. That he is a king who came into the world. And then he says, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And I think here of the passage we mentioned, actually it was the, the devotional passage during Sunday school, John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Jesus here is saying, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. In, in the early chapters of John, we, we read how Jesus is the light that came into the world, but men loved darkness more than light. They hated the light. They fled from the light. And it's like what we read in Romans that says they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They flee from the light. They don't want to be exposed. And Pilate says, in response to Jesus saying, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate says, what is truth? I'm going to come back to that. We're going to move on. After he had said this, he went back to the Jews. So he 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 went outside, he went inside, he's going back outside again. He goes to the Jews and he says, I found no guilt in him. He's telling the truth here. I found no guilt in him. He's an innocent man. But you have a custom that I should release one man at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And he probably had a kind of a taunting of the, of the Jewish leaders at that time. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And they cried out, not this man, but Barabbas. And the text tells us, now Barabbas was a robber. The word there for robber it, it has the idea possibly of an insurrectionist. That, that Barabbas may have been a part of some kind of an insurrection against Rome. He was the, Barabbas was the, the kind of person that Pilate would have feared. He didn't want to let somebody like Barabbas go who might kill someone in an uprising. But that's who the Jewish people were asking for. They were suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. Here, Jesus was a righteous man. Pilate found nothing wrong in Jesus. There was no threat to Rome. And yet the Jewish leaders said, No, not this man. 
Don't let Jesus go, but Barabbas. We want him. We want someone who will deliver us from the Romans. We want someone who will be an insurrectionist. That's what they wanted. They suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. So I want to come back to what Pilate said. What is truth? That is the question of the ages. How do we know what truth is? You have the philosophies of the the 1800s. um, The philosopher Nietzsche. uh, The the nihilism that that he he believed in. He he taught that God is dead. He he believed that basically there, there can be no basis of truth or anything like that. It's it's the idea that it's completely accepting the idea of naturalism. Naturalism is the philosophy that all that exists is matter. There is no thing beyond what we can see and touch and feel and smell. And if there is no thing besides just matter, then there is no spirit and there is no love. And there is nothing that brings meaning to anything. It's all just a bunch of atoms. And so Nietzsche, the nihilist philosopher, embraces that idea and just realizes it's all meaningless. There is no meaning in life. If what they tell us about the world, about that, that we're all just a cosmic accident, that, that everything is all just a process of evolution that is completely random, then Nietzsche was right. There is no meaning. There is no purpose. We're all just an accident, and we are born into this world, and we die, and there's no real basis for any truth or meaning. We can't even trust that what we perceive to be real is real. Why does that matter to this text? Pilate asked the question, what is truth? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but my me. By the end of the day, as Jesus was there being investigated by Pilate, he was nailed to a cross. And he was laid to rest, buried in a borrowed tomb, sealed with a big stone, soldiers put outside of it. And three days later, on Sunday, The tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. Women came to find Jesus, to anoint His body. He wasn't there. Mary thought He was the gardener when He spoke to her. And whenever 
he called her by name. She said, teacher. The disciples, he appeared to them in the upper room. And Thomas wasn't there, but whenever he was there later, Jesus said, just put your finger in my a hand in my side and your finger in the nail scars. And he was seen by over 500 people at once. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us. If Jesus rose from the dead, and we, we don't believe that, that Jesus just kind of spiritually rose and He just lives within our hearts, although He does live within our hearts, he didn't just kind of spiritually manifest himself in the, the, the teachings of the apostles. No, he was a corpse that got up from the grave. He was alive physically. If Jesus got up from that tomb, that's proof that what we see with our eyes And what we feel with love. And the meaning that we try to bring to our existence is not just an illusion. If Jesus really rose from the grave, it means that life is worth living. And we're not just a cosmic accident. And we're not just living out a meaningless existence to be buried again and put in the ground buried and put in the ground and go into nothing but if Jesus rose from the dead we will raise with him again one day pilate asked this question what is truth i i believe that the 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 answer to that question is it's jesus He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one that brings meaning to our existence. That is the question that comes all the time. What is truth? How can we have any meaning? Now, Jesus brings a whole lot more than meaning to life. There are many who who preach, well, Jesus brings meaning and hope to our lives, but they don't talk about sin and forgiveness. But in order to be able to talk about sin and forgiveness, you have to realize that there's he also brings meaning to life. This is more than just a cosmic accident. But he really God Broke into the world, became a human being, died for our sins, and rose again, and we can live with him forever. So, what is truth? Truth has a name. His name is Jesus. 